Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. Oh, good morning, good morning. Are we enjoying the beautiful weather this morning? It is pouring rain in Washington. Smoke out of the air. So Let's great. Hear it for raindrops. Oh, I've never hero. been so excited. I drove in this morning with the windows rolled partly down. Yes, just yes. so you can smell just the because fresh. The, oh, I love it. Yeah, right, you'd forgotten what that oh. what that smell was. Yeah, I walked out in the garage this morning, which has been closed up, and I smelled the wood smoke. Uh. <laughs> you know, the house we've got the HEPA filters, and so right, it takes right, right. all that smoke out of my inside of my house. But I walk into the garage and it stinks of wood smoke, and I push the button and the garage door opens and this fresh air just comes rolling into the garage oh and you know no no more smoke it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing we live here in the pacific northwest we love our rain and we're finally getting it we've missed it we are not so fond of wildfires no 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 no. so uh rain is our friend so that that is a good thing and uh yeah in fact uh yeah my wife has pointed out that my our two-month water bill uh, that came in here a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. $2,200. Whoa, okay. Okay, I'm going to tell my husband our, our, our 762 We could compare that notes. Bad. Yeah. My wife prides herself in yes. her garden. Flowers oh, everywhere yes. in rotation by color and oh, kind. Oh, yes. perfect. It's amazing. Oh. And, and she just hands me the bill. Yeah, there that, you go. That you know, beautiful formal garden we've got out there. Yes. Sops up water just like a giant sponge. So next Next year, we're going to water every other day. <laughs> the automatic thing comes on. It's only seven minutes. Yes. Yes. I think ours is section, at six. You know, mm-hmm. Seven minutes here, seven minutes there, seven minutes there, but it's every day. Yes, and yes. like 13 different zones at seven minutes each. <laughs> so, yeah. A lot I love of water. That. Yes. And I love that sound when I hear it at four in the morning. It's like... It's, Ah, yeah, because I get up early. So welcome to the show. It's the uh, Leading Edge Medicine and Home and Gardening show today. (laughs) And uh, that low voice you're hearing is not Dr. Samira Umat. She is off this weekend. She does not have a cold. She does not have a cold. We have Dr. Michael Gilbert in from Northwest Vision Institute. That was a surprise. I was like, ah! 
Yay. And of course, Dr. Mix, I get just as excited when I see you every Saturday. Uh, I see her giggling a lot about that. Yes. Yeah. So. No, I'm just, you know, old news. I show up here. No. Because that would make me old news. Everything old is new again. (laughs) That's right. That's right. right. So. All right. Well, we can talk eyes today. We can talk. Hey, but. Anything you want to today. Precisely. We can talk about medicine in general because guess what, guys? (gasps) Yes. You are here. Don't let him feel lonely. That's right. When no. Michael is here, it's the Michael Gilbert Show. Okay, that's right. <laughs> so whatever is ailing you, in fact, let's give that phone number right now. No one is on the line. You could be one of the first ones in today. It's 800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. And that is for Leading Edge Medicine today. And Dr. Mixon, let's see, anything big happen this uh, past week? You know, I don't know how big, but irritating. Okay. I I am afraid that the medical profession is giving up on biology, which is really kind of sad because, you know, our whole profession is based on the biology of the human being and mm. and yet our our professional societies seem to have forgotten that biology exists, which is really kind of irritating. Um, yeah, the, the newest recommendation is now that a, a COVID vaccine should be a a part of every child's routine preschool suite of vaccines. Um so the American Academy of Pediatrics is saying, you know, let's shoot every child with 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 a COVID vaccine when they're. But mm. the problem with that is this is a MRA virus or this is a sorry, MRA vaccine, but it's a it's an RNA virus. And human beings do not make long lasting antibodies to RNA viruses. That's why you need a flu shot every year. Influenza is a RNA virus. And so we make antibody, but it goes away within six months, which is why you got to have a new flu shot every year. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've discovered about the COVID vaccine. It's also a vaccine to an RNA virus. We make antibody, but in five or six months, it's pretty much gone. <laughs> you know? And you need another one if you're going to keep depending on them. Um, so... To give every kid a shot before starting school that's only going to protect them for five or six months against a disease that don't make normal kids sick anyway. It's basically a a minor cold in in small children in that minority of children who get any symptoms at all. Most young children get infected and have no symptoms. They never know they've been sick. Don't even know it. So why would we insist on to start school, mm. a vaccine against what is not even an illness in the vast majority of kids and would only protect that tiny minority for five or six months. Wow. This makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's politics. It's not medicine, mm. uh, which is just bizarre. The recommendation then, you know, that, that the, uh, COVID vaccine should become an annual with your flu shot. Now, that at least makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when, when you're talking about an older population. Yes, exactly. For the adults. older population. Right. But even there, it should be like the recommendations for the pneumococcal pneumonia shot. You don't need it below 50. Fact is, very few of us need it below 70. So if you are in your 60s and 70s, yeah, go ahead and get your annual flu and COVID shots. 
that's fine. That provides some protection for a, a population that has some risk. But the number of, of people under 50 that get seriously ill is pretty much restricted to those with immunosuppression who have, you know, their cancer therapies and they've had radiation and chemotherapy that has suppressed their immune response or those that are on drugs, uh, some of the biologics for rheumatoid arthritis and so on, or the morbidly obese, you know, and if you're not immunosuppressed or obese, risk of getting really sick under 50 is extremely low. Mm, okay. So... No. There you go. So that's uh, so I say, you know, let's stick with the science and you know, to hell with the politics. In fact, to hell with the politicians. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that's <laughs> that's always his mantra. And sadly, there's quite a crossover between the two now. Well, they do, because increasing you know, one thing we learned during the pandemic is those institutions which we which I had previously held the FDA the CDC held in high regard have slipped a rung or six yes they've they have really tumbled they're more political entities than yes, they, they are. are yeah well and you know the American Medical Association has become a political entity uh, it is no longer a medical entity it's all politics uh, you know? Uh, they have jettisoned medicine for for political correctness. But we drift into politics. There Oops. we go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And look at the phone lines are already ringing. <laughs> okay. Surprise, surprise. Well, are you ready to dive into some phone calls, doctor? I, I have one public service announcement <gasps> yes. that okay. is, is timely. Okay. Dr. Michael so, Gilbert with his PSA. So we have known that, you know, as we come into Halloween season, um, there are there are people who, in their notion to dress up in whatever costume, will buy the cosmetic or costume contact lenses, bright red or oh, mirrored yeah. contacts and such like. Some of those are prescribed, and we can do them. And you can do them. Right. Okay. You can do them safely. However, they are widely available, footnote, illegally, but they're widely available on the Internet, and you can buy costume contact lenses of oh, all kinds boy. of descriptions. One recent study showed that 60% of those contacts that are bought illegally on the internet um, have cultures of bacteria in them. Oh, wow. Even just fresh so, out of the bag. Yeah, that's right. Contained. And so, uh, tragically, uh, it's, um, you know, st- Halloween is way below 4th of July for for injuries uh, to eyes, but mm. um, contact lenses... Um, Ought to be treated with respect. They uh, they can lead to permanent loss of vision. Okay, thank you for that. Small stuff, but the following message was approved by this program <laughs> <laughs> and Doctor Mixon. All right, thank you for that, Doctor yes, Gilbert. We may visit that again because a lot of people. Yeah, hey, I'm just sticking in my eye for one night. Which yeah. reminds me, as you know, first thing I do in the morning is scan the headlines. Amongst the headlines in the general news was an ophthalmologist who was preparing his patient. This is in the UK, preparing his patient for cataract surgery and removed 27 contact lenses. <gasps> From a patient, an elderly patient, who was complaining of blurred vision and had had an accumulation of contacts, she had just been putting them in and not... Not taking them out. out. Oh, Oh, boy. And this is not not rare. Uh, They went on to say, we found a California ophthalmologist that had 20. My max was eight. 
Oh, I still have taken more than eight two contact like, lenses oh, out wow. uh, of one eye, and it's um, and so it's not rare. But, okay, wow. I've done that once where I put the contact in in the morning and, and, and realized that I didn't take it out. And whoa. Ooh, ooh, yeah. It's much more common for someone who wears contacts to have it stuck in the eye. More commonly, a gaspermial contact that gets kind of lost back oh, in, in the, the back. Oh, region. okay. I can see that. Soft lens is a little easier to take out because it's physically bigger. The okay. gaspermiable lens being smaller can kind of get tucked oh, to boy. the place where it's hard to find. I got called many years ago, called on a weekend from um, Osaka, Japan, mm. from uh, from someone uh, in the Northwest, was not my patient, and they said, um, I'm, I'm in Japan. I can't get my contact lenses out, and I didn't know who on earth to call. I thought, well, so that sounds So you're like in great. Japan, so, you call somebody right. in In, in Japan. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I said, all right, you're in your hotel room. Let's see if we can do it. And we ultimately got it. I just coached them through Whoa. it. Whoa. <laughs> Good to know that you can coach on the phone. That's just right. Like, I can coach on like the phone. Just like birthing a baby, you And know? they save the copay at that, Oh, right? look How at cool that. that. That's right. right. That is awesome. Though the phone bill, I think ultimately. Yeah, that may have right. uh, kind of evened out. Yeah. And now I, I used to have nightmares uh, about putting a giant contact and trying to get it into my eye. So what does that mean, doctors, when I had too big of a contact I was trying to fit into my eye? I don't know. Call Father Freud. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know know what some things represent. Yes. I always like to guess or make up. It's like, what? I don't know what that's a surrogate for. Yes. It says says it's time for LASIK. Well, I'm thinking so. Well, and then I did have LASIK. But I think that you solved that for me, doctor. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yes. Dr. Michael Gilbert. uh, uh, The things we talk about on the show, I went and I had uh, a few of those things on the list. Yes. That's right. Yes. And I did the, uh, what did I do for my neovascularization? Right. Yeah. I had First of all, you had refractive lens exchange. Refractive lens, RLE. To get rid of the uh, old lenses and and improve your vision. But you have special eyes, Linda. I do have special eyes. Very special eyes. (laughs) Just like the teacher, that's code for you got a lot of problems. You have some wild blood vessels in the back of the eye. Yes. That love to wild wild blood vessels, kind of. Okay. And they like to, we call them neovascularization. Right. So neo means new and new isn't always better when it comes to blood vessels. Okay. Oftentimes those are fast. They're new, but they're fast growing Mm. and not stable. Yes. They're not like old, happy, stable blood vessels. (laughs) They are new and racy blood vessels that leak. And you remember what happens when they leak. You get distortion in the vision. Yes. And so while it was not your diagnosis, it's exactly the experience that is had by patients who have wet macular degeneration. And you also got to enjoy the miracle of current medical treatment. Yes, I did. Where we add the medication and those new blood vessels just shrink away. And I told Totally could tell, like by by it was the third away. week, it was like, whoa! I didn't think about my eyes today, and now I can look at faces, and half of them aren't missing. And right. your, your doctors are looking good today in the studio. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So feel free to ask me. No, <laughs> no, great experience. So so very happy to go to Dr. Michael Gilbert on uh, at Northwest Vision Institute, where Dr. Mixon, you've I've been there to. myself. Yes, yep, yes, yes. Yep, which I, is why we love I talking send my about my little ten year old daughter over there. There you go. 
There you go. She has. Uh, she's a special young lady, and she also is taking advantage of some of the treatments to help prevent myopia. Ah. Nearsightedness is um, uh, is is growing at a worrisome rate uh, mm. across the world, bigger even in Asia, and a lot of it appears to be related to screen time. Oh wow. Okay. And one of the things that has been studied but not fully understood is that we spend more time, kids spend more time indoors. When we were growing up, especially in earlier uh, earlier decades, we kick the kids out of the house. There you go. Right? Get them out mm-hmm. there. See you at and, dinner. And now they're in their room on their devices. And not only the device time, which means near focus, but just being indoors. Mm. is associated with increased nearsightedness. And we were just good segue because we were just talking about the disease entities long-term from severe myopia. Severe nearsightedness, moderate nearsightedness, greatly increases the risk of permanent eye eye diseases like glaucoma, Mm -hmm. macular degeneration, Mm. things like that, shots in the eye, all those things. And we're seeing a big change. Just kicking the kids out of the house statistically decreases Increases that progression of, uh, of nearsightedness. Mm. But fortunately, we also have contact lens technology that okay. can help those kids decrease the risk of the progressive nearsightedness. Very good. And that's what we do with my daughter. She puts in a, a special contact lens every night that she sleeps with and takes it out in the morning. And it has then reshaped her cornea during the night so that she doesn't need glasses or anything during the daytime. She can see the... Oh. the you know, the books and the blackboard and so on. And not only is that a convenience, but more importantly, Uh it statistically decreases the progression of the nearsightedness for the rest of her life. There you go. And maybe a picture of uh, an eye getting a shot, like what I did. Uh, Show that to your kids. Say, go outside and play, or this could happen to you. Yes. (laughs) I'll be your poster child for that. Okay. We are here with Dr. Jerry Mixon, Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute, and your questions this morning on leading edge medicine. Marilyn, we're going to get to you this morning. And Terry, too, we'll be right back right after this break. Stay right there. All right. We've got Terry with Aging gracefully is a terrible option. Learn to live to your fullest potential. It's a lot more fun. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Stay tuned for more. Is chronic pain beginning to make your everyday life a challenge? Then consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience in pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. That's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. Yeah, I started about like a year and a half ago. Uh, I started having some sharp pain in my left hip. It's getting tough to climb upstairs, uh, tough to play with the kids. Everybody was kind of pointing towards the same thing of, you know, you had to get a hip replacement. And Dr. Nelson's great about saying, hey, you know, there's there's different types of medicine out there that we can help fix this without surgery. Six to eight weeks later, you start to realize like, oh, I, I can climb a stair. And it was really actually kind of great after that eight week mark, like oh, I can start doing things. So definitely see the results pretty quick. Don't let pain take control of your life. Consider stem cell therapy with Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000. Or you can find Dr. Daniel Nelson online at danielnelsonmd.com. Hey, my wife and I are patients of yours for probably 12 years or so. 
I really appreciate all you guys do. We really do. Um, comes from my wife, too, because she just loves Dr. You, man. You know, they talk about everything. But uh, thank you very much, and you guys have a great weekend. And if you have questions for either doctor, we would love to hear from you today. Here is the number to call in. It's 800-465-8770. And Terry, hi there. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. He's laughing. I'm sorry. This this isn't a vision test. We've already seen Dr. Gilbert and got some good info from him. Wonderful. Um, I, yeah. My sister has um, pretty severe um, dementia, and I'm her power of attorney and uh, hold her health care directive and saw some tests posted um, the other day that I'd, they'd never tested before and I was concerned about um, the troponin I, um, which apparently um, can be indication of a whole lot of different things, but myocardial uh, injury is kind yes. of at the top of the list. Yep. Yeah, and they did they did the test twice at a, with a two-hour interval. The first time was 70, the second was 74, and uh, anything over 45 is, um, is a, a warning. Now, um, in some of the other tests, um, liver function was fine, but kidney function, um, uh, creatinine was fine, but bun was high, so the ratio was high, and thyroid is, is a disaster. Um, so, uh, what should I be looking for? What, what, how should I follow up with this? Well, <clears throat> the troponins are tests we normally do. They, these are chemicals that are released from the heart with with muscular injury. Um, so, you know, when we see somebody come in the ER with chest pain, we'll run uh, uh, cardiac troponins, and if they're elevated, we admit them to the hospital because, say, this person has got a, an acute injury going on. Uh, how old is is she? Oh, uh, 73. So she's relatively young because I'm 75, and that means that she's young. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All things oh, are so we're both young. Oops. Was that my outside <laughs> snicker? I suppose that wasn't supposed to be funny. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But it is a fact of life. Isn't it? Everybody younger than you is young, young right? Yes. I mean, you know, we aren't old. No. So am I the baby not. in this studio? You're just okay. a kid. We'll pretend. I've yes. got ties older than you, kids. So relax. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, the question with troponins is, what else is going on that would give you pause? Um, you know, I generally am strongly opposed to being a medical nihilist when it comes to, to older people. But on the other hand, I do get less aggressive with significant dementia. The uh, reality is, if the brain don't work, the rest don't matter much. You know, so I, you know, I... I hate it when I, I hear doctors who don't get aggressive in their therapies because somebody is in their 70s or 80s. 
because there are people 40 going on 70 and people 70 going on 40. And so you, you can't use the, the age as the only criteria. Um, right. You know, on the other hand, if you've already got significant dysfunction of the brain and we don't have a cure for that, then we, you know, I, I do tend to be a little less aggressive. What do you want to put people through when they can't understand what you're putting them through? You're basically doing it to them, yeah. not for them, uh, which is a whole different issue because they, they can't give real informed consent for anything we do. You know, we're, so, oh, absolutely. She can't even remember the appointment. Yeah. Mm. So. so, you know, at, at, at that point, I... I guess the question is, you know, is she tired, getting dizziness? Is she sweating with exertion? Uh, is she having shortness of breath? Is she getting, you know, pain in her chest, arms, shoulders, neck? If not, then I guess I wouldn't be terribly concerned about the troponins. If the creatinine is okay, but the BUN is elevated, that probably just says dehydration. And dehydration is very common in demented people. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so that I don't get terribly excited about because, you know, the answer is to offer her more slightly sweetened flavored water so that she'll want to drink it. Mm. Yeah. Um, Right. You know, many older people get dehydrated because they just kind of forget to drink. Uh, And so. Yeah. Um. See, what other tests were you saying that she she had out of line? Well, um, she's got Hashimoto's and TSH was nine, and free T four was zero point six. So oh that's okay. definitely out of line. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that can be one of the factors that can aggravate her dementia. Um, your thyroid is important for brain function. Uh, so I would get her into somebody that would address her Hashimoto's more aggressively. Um, and that, that's okay. going to take, you know, that's going to take some, some doing because once more, it's going to be a lot more blood tests. But if you've got somebody oh, with yeah. a TSH of nine, uh, that causes me some significant concern, and and that can actually make her th- cognition significantly worse. It can cause fatigue, oh, depression. Wonderful. Yeah, um, and you know if you're tired and depressed, in addition to cognitive impairment, you got more problems. So that's the only uh, one of those tests I would be fairly aggressive with. Okay. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I'll I'll ask her about the um, chest pains and things. Um, when I talk to her, two sometimes three times a day, and um, she hasn't expressed anything like that. She did okay. have a knee replacement surgery a year or two ago, and uh, complains about pain about that. Even though I think that's memory of pain, um, because um, you know all the X-rays and everything are just fine uh, with that. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Anyway, right. yeah, the, you know, part of the problem okay. with, though with with the sort of pain you can get with cardiac disease, women have a different kind of heart disease than men. Okay, um, and this is some of those things that that the the gender fluid people ignore. 
men and women are very different creatures and our hearts are built differently. Okay. Women's hearts are designed to expand in size and function during pregnancy and then shrink back down afterwards. Ours are not. So men and women have different kinds of heart disease. Men tend to plug off one great big vessel. And so we, we will have a, a, a heart attack that shuts down a, a big vessel and a big piece of our heart all at once. And that's why we get the classic chest pain, arm pain, neck pain. Women, because their hearts are structurally different and their blood supply is different, tend to plug up lots of tiny, tiny little vessels. And they don't kill one great big piece of heart usually. They're infarcting little tiny spots scattered hither and yon. And so she can get elevated troponins from tiny little areas of infarct that she may not have much discomfort with. In women, uh, the majority of women, their first first subjective sign of heart disease is death. Mm. They don't have pain until they have a fatal event and topple over. So not as many yeah. warning signs, then. not as many warning signs in women as in men. Yeah, so and yeah, we probably ignore them anyway. Was, <laughs> and wow. I don't know if this was just a precautionary test or there were symptoms because they've never tested it before. And um, so I, I need to get more information on that, I guess, from the doctors. OK, sounds good. OK. All right. Take care. Sir. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Terry. Yeah. yeah. You know, people. <clears throat> Since the, the the social milieu is now saying that men and women can switch from one to the other, uh, it requires ignoring the many, many physiologic differences in men and women. Mm. And a lot of the stereotypes between men and women and our misunderstanding of each other actually grows from our physical differences. Um, for instance, in the brain. Men are relatively isolated. We have sh- the, the, the minor, the minor fine connections in our brain are more siloed. We do not connect the emotional side of our brain with our cognitive centers nearly as well as, as women do. And so women are better connected from one side of the brain to the other. The result being they integrate their emotions with their cognition. Mm, okay. We don't. Okay, we separate the two. And it's not a choice. It's, it's, it's because of the way our brains are structurally different. And so women look at men and say, well, see, men are closed off from their emotions. They need to get in touch with their feminine side. Well, we don't have a feminine side. No. We are just made the way we're made. <laughs> yes, you are. You know, we are made to be the hunters, the fighters, the killers. The protectors. And if you're going to be a fighter and potentially a killer, you cannot be too emotional about it okay we are designed to separate those two parts of our body of our brain we say what do i need to do good i'll go do it and to hell with the emotional part (laughs) okay women are designed to be the nurturers the connectors the you know and so you guys are connected physically better than we are in that way And so men see women as too emotional. (laughs) And women women see men men as as not not emotional emotional enough. enough. And we all interpret the world through our own personal lens. Yep. 
which is why Dr. Gilbert is here. <laughs> I'm here to fix that lens. There you go. I guess that's why they say men are like waffles, segmented, compartmentalized. Uh-huh. Women are like spaghetti. We're just everywhere. Wow. Oh, I kind of like that one. I know. That's a good one, huh? This is Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon in the studio today live. Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute. And we're talking eyes next. The eyes have it with Marilyn's question in just a moment. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Leading Edge Medicine. Listen to past programs by going to lmclinic.com. Call in now at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Pete Talbot here again for a good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Gilbert of Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. My wife Vicki and I have been seeing him for over 20 years. But most importantly, Michael and his entire medical team are simply amazing, offering what virtually no other clinics offer, an advanced ocular exam. Honestly, it's like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek compared to the typical eye exam you're used to. For nearly 40 years now, I've been researching and interviewing physicians throughout the country, and I can tell you whether it's LASIK, RLE, refractive cataract surgery, retina, or dry eye problems, without question. Dr. Gilbert and all the doctors at Northwest Vision Institute are some of the most advanced in the Pacific Northwest. To schedule your advanced ocular exam, go to nwvision.com, nwvision.com, or you can call 425-450-2020, 425-450-2020. I would like to thank you for having this program and for having your longevity uh, program. If I listen on the radio, I always learn something. And it keeps me on the straight and narrow. I think, boy, I need to take some more responsibility for myself. Bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him tulips. We could just sing this one. We love this one. Our engineer maybe will play it again for us. I specifically asked for them to get this song. I love this one. Well, good morning. Leading Edge Medicine here. We have Dr. Mixon, Dr. Gilbert, and we have Marilyn calling in from Seattle. Hi there, Marilyn. Hello, Marilyn. I bet you're loving the rain, too, right? Right? Oh, I do. I really do. How yes. are you all? We're we good. Are great. Yep. The fact good. is, Marilyn, uh, my question. We are we yeah. are all feeling so good. Oh yes. That if the scoundrels in charge find out how find, how good we feel, they're going to tax it. Yes. So let's keep yeah. it secret, shall we? Shh. It's on the DL. Okay. Down. All right. <laughs> okay. What are, are any benefits to taking bilberry for eyes? Ah, bilberry. Interesting. So bilberry uh, supplementation came from uh, World War II when the RAF pilots believed that taking bilberry increased their ability to do night raids um, on the Germans. And it has carried through, um, but the actual medical literature is not so helpful that uh, that yeah. such supplementation actually influences macular function, especially night vision, that they believed. 
Uh, that said, I wondered about that because <clears throat> the internet is very confusing. Some studies say that it helps vascular health and cataract prevention, and I just wondered if it really did. Yeah, I know of no supplements um, that significantly influence uh, cataract progression. Uh, there have there was one VA study that showed that antioxidants can slightly decrease it, uh, but not not significantly. Um, ultraviolet light tends to accelerate it, but nutrition is um, is the long way around trying to uh, to influence that. So you're not getting much much benefit there. The macula, the center of the retina responsible for your sharpest vision, your driving, your reading vision, the macula, does respond to nutrition. Um, for patients who are at statistical risk for macular degeneration, the AREDS formula, A-R-E-D-S, uh, NIH study, very large, very powerful NIH study, uh, age-related eye disease study, but AREDS is, is easy, um, is a set of uh, vitamins that uh, are that shows statistical decrease in macular degeneration. And it, it includes some things that are Probably any standard multivitamin, uh, vitamin C, for instance, but it also includes um, uh, zinc and copper in proportions that are way outside of normal, um, normal off over-the-counter supplements. So for those patients, uh, that supplementation does make a major statistical difference. The AREDS uh, uh, study published a 10-year follow-up just last year, and that showed that actually, in addition, it confirmed the, uh, the AREDS uh, value. But it also showed that patients who um, who take uh, omega threes, fish oil, statistically decrease the risk of macular degeneration. And since you were asking about supplements, that's one that has impact both on the macula. <clears throat> Interestingly, it's the DHA component of that that influences the macula, and the EPA component of omega threes that uh, actually helps the tear film. So if I had one supplement that I would say helps um, for people in the United States, in the third world, yeah, there are vitamin deficiencies. Uh, but here, here to home, uh, vitamin, true vitamin deficiencies are exceedingly rare, and, um, and the supplementation of omega-3s probably is the most valuable because you get some value uh, both in the retina and also uh, in, uh, in, for dry eye treatments uh, uh, for the meibomian glands. Well, that's good. I, I eat a lot of salmon, so I think that helps that. For those patients where I, uh, I suggest supplementation with omega-3s, uh -huh. that's often the follow-up. I eat a lot of salmon. Well, yeah. it's unlikely you eat a lot of salmon on a daily basis enough to have a baseline that, uh, that elevates the blood level uh, of the omega-3s. The glands are not exquisitely sensitive to omega-3s, so you have to have a significant dose. It's probably worth having some baseline omega-3s and then enjoy your salmon uh, as part of that uh, part of that daily supplementation. Well, that's good. So should it be higher? I've heard that it should be higher in DHA for women. Is that just a certain age group? 
Or oh, you know, I, I, I we should we'll turn to Dr. Mixon in a moment uh, to talk yeah. about uh, the the optimal balance and dose right. for uh, for general medicine because that is a subject that has a lot of controversy. It has gone during my practice yes. lifetime. It's gone all over the place. And <laughs> um, uh, uh, however, if you ask me what's best for my eyes or what do I do for myself, um, mm-hmm. I take a pretty significant dose of omega. Threes, and since my need is I have significant dry eyes, I tend towards the EPA. Now, if someone is treating their macular degeneration, then I make sure that they have uh, a fish oil that has a, has a high percentage of EPA DHA because many of the supplements are very low, less than 50%. Yeah. Fortunately, mm-hmm. leading-edge medicine supplements are higher than that. 95%. Yes, exactly. which is what I which take. Is, which is critical. Yeah. You know, you, I take those big pills, but that doesn't matter if, 90, if 80% of it is filler. That's right. So sure. careful what you take. Uh, yeah. But in terms of balance, EPA for, uh, for if your main uh, issue is trying to treat your dry eyes, DHA if it's more neurologic. And by the way, when we have prenatal vitamins, it's the DHA neurodevelopment yeah. that they're supplementing, not the EPA. So it really depends on what you're trying to influence. But I'm going to turn it over to the boss because okay. he can talk about some of the controversy. Well, and he's sure. exactly right. DHA is the primary omega-3 that is present in our brains. Uh, and yeah. a large part of our brain is dependent on the DHA. When my wife was pregnant, we supplemented her heavily with DHA omegas. Um, and we got a kid who's in the top 2% <laughs> brain-wise in the country. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, and, and in fact, my, our daughter from birth has been swilling fish oil. Uh, <laughs> she, I mean, li- literally the, the liquid mom, her, her mom has a, a big container of it in the refrigerator. And every day before she goes off to school, uh, she hands it out, and she, like I used to drink out of the milk carton when I was a teenager, you know, well, she just takes it right out of the jug. And there you go. Drinks, drinks her omegas. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> yeah. So omega-3s are important, but you're right. If it's brain function you're after, DHA is the thing. And probably, though I don't have firm studies on it, but peripheral neuropathies and so on, mm. Uh all nerve cells are closely related, whether they're inside your head or running down your legs. And so, you know, you, you really want to make sure that as you're getting older, you don't drop off on your DHA. But the anti-inflammatory, so for instance, in the orthopedic literature, that there has been um, uh, uh, there are studies that show that at higher doses of omega threes, uh, there is an anti-inflammatory component to the joints. So I have patients where I have put them on significant uh, supplementation of omega threes for their dry eyes, and they come back and say, not only are my eyes better, but my knees don't hurt. Yeah, that's but true. But that's the EPA component. Yes, it is. But what, what what we do in our in our supplement that we sell is in one gram in a thousand milligrams of the supplement, there's nine hundred and fifty some milligrams of omega threes, and it's twice as much DHA to EPA, mm. just because. My motto has always been, if the brain don't work, the rest don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And you see, I tend to like the yes. EPA component because if the eyes don't work, the brain doesn't can't see what's going on. That's right. <laughs> but when well, you but, very, yeah, yeah, but yeah, when you so take just, two. When you take yeah. two grams a day, if you're taking a thousand milligrams in the morning and another thousand milligrams at night, you're getting plenty of each. Yes. And is yeah. this relief factor we're talking about, Dr. Mixon? Well, actually the same amount in relief factor, but we also have a supplement that we carry in our in our online store just I had made for my patients. Okay. But it's just the omegas. We call it uh-huh. the ultra omegas. And that's what you're giving me from my eyeballs. That's right. So we've got okay. the we got the ultra omegas that are just the omegas and mm-hmm. then it is part of the four com- components in relief factor too. Okay. All right. Marilyn, is that helpful for you? Yeah. Oh, that's been very helpful. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay. We'll chat with you again. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Wonderful. Talking with Dr. Jerry Mixon today in the studio and special guest, Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute. And if you have an eye question, this is what we are focusing on during the show today. I bet you've never heard that one, Dr. Gilbert. Yeah. Mm. Not more than six times a day. Not more than six times. And here I try to be unique. <sighs> okay. You don't have to worry, Lynette. Okay. You are, I, in fact, yeah, all right. unique. <laughs> Very good. We'll be back with more of your questions, more of your phone calls. Be part of the show at 800-465-8770. That's the number to call right now, 800-465-8770. Kathy from Des Moines, we'll take your call right after this break. Stay right there. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Don't believe the lie that you have to fall apart at the normal rate and see what your options really are at lmclinic.com. Stay tuned for more. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. The thing I like the most about everything that I've learned from Dr. Mixon is it all makes very logical and intuitive sense. It's not something I really have to wonder, well, I wonder if that's really true. It just his whole encompassing approach always um, makes a lot of sense to me, and that's really what sold me on the whole the whole package. Everybody's going out and having fun. 
I'm just a fool for staying home and having none I can't get over how she set me free Oh, uh, what was that, Dr. Gilbert? A little more country? Is that what you were asking for? Well, Dr. Mixon threatened to add a little more country, oh, yeah. I think, now. Hey, listen, I, had, hey. I heard one yesterday morning, a country music song I'd never heard before. I'm driving into work, and I was just cracking up. Oh, boy. It's called... Uh, uh, Prop me up next to the jukebox if I die. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's singing about, uh, you know, if he dies, he doesn't want to be cremated. He doesn't want to be buried. He says, just prop me up next to the jukebox, put a stiff drink in my hand, and you can pay your respects one quarter at a time. Oh, boy. Well, that is an idea. Uh-huh. And uh, a little a little shocking if folks were to walk into uh, Longevity Medical. And there you were. But um, that's, right. yeah, in fact. 35 years, we'll deal with that. All right. Hi there, Leading Edge Medicine. I'm Lynette with Dr. Jerry Mixon in the studio live today. Also, Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute. And your questions, here's that number to get through today, like Kathy, 800-465-8770. And Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you for calling in. Oh, hi. Um, Yes, my question was, um, I donate blood, and they also, um, you can donate plasma. And I wasn't uh-huh. sure what the differences were and if it affected, like, the supplements I take. Shouldn't affect your supplements. Is it bad? No, it's not bad. Uh, okay, let me explain the difference. <clears throat> when you donate blood, they just stick a large bore needle in your arm, and the blood runs out into the collection container and... Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> Makes it, it sound fun, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, he yes. has all of the, you know, it has all the components: red cells, white cells. It's all in there. Plasma. When you're donating plasma, it's kind of a fascinating process. What they'll do is they <clears throat> they run the blood out. They run it into a machine that spins it like a centrifuge. They separate mm-hmm. the liquid from the the cellular components. So the red blood cells and the white blood cells and the platelets and the fibrin and all these things get separated from the, the, the pure liquid, okay? And they keep the liquid. And then they add saline, just basically salt water, to resuspend all of those cellular components, and they put those back in you. So you get to keep all your red cells and white cells and stuff, and they're just taking out the cell-free liquid component. Ah. But the, the hmm. reason they want that plasma, okay, is that, A, it doesn't have to be type-matched. It doesn't have to be type A, type B, AB, or O, O negative. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. The plasma is just the plasma. It doesn't have the, the, the cellular protein components in it. And so if someone is badly injured and they need a volume expander in a hurry, they can just run the plasma without bothering to do the the, the cross, yeah, the the blood typing. And so for soldiers in a battlefield, you know, who are badly injured and they need, they need re-voluming in a big hurry to keep their brain and their kidneys and stuff from shutting down, they just run plasma. 
Okay. Now, commercially okay. in the United States, some of it is used that way for auto accidents and stuff. But, you know, usually they can type blood pretty fast in the emergency room these days. This is not like the 1940s. But <clears throat> the plasma then gets sold to grow bacteria, grow, make, make media to grow viruses and bacteria and laboratory tests and stuff. So the plasma can be used for a whole lot of biologic functions outside of actually putting it back in another human being. Okay. And then that's something, is that the PRP that we talk about a lot? Oh, on? No, no, no. So no, that's no. something completely different. Platelet-rich plasma is is different. What they okay. What we do there is we take the blood out of you. We spin it down. We remove the red and the white cells, but not the platelets. Oh, okay. 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 Then we spin it a second time and pack all the platelets. And it takes a lot a faster, higher spin for longer because the platelets are very small and light. So we put it in a much higher speed centrifuge, pack the platelets down into the bottom of the tube, suck off the top half, throw it away. And then resuspend the platelets, and now you got platelet-rich plasma. Okay, because we talk hmm. about that sometimes. Yeah. And that's that. those platelets contain nine different growth factors, and so we can use PRP, for instance, if people don't want to put artificial fillers in their face, mm-hmm. we can inject inject the PRP, which is their own own serum and their own platelets, so it's nothing foreign. But those platelets then rupture and release growth factors, and they grow their own new tissue. Okay. Now, it's not as fast. If you, We can put a filler in and fill up your cheeks and fill in your creases right that moment. The PRP, we have to do several injections over time. We'll do it today. We'll go back in about you know three or four weeks and do it again. It takes three or four injections over the course of several months, mm. but you actually grow in, in your own tissue and fill out the volume in your face much more naturally, and it's your own tissue, not an artificial filler. Mm. Wow. Kathy, I didn't know they could That's do so, so much with blood and plasma. <laughs> Me neither. <All> right. <clears throat> Okay. okay. And now, so is there, um, then your body regenerates the blood and regenerates the yes, plasma. Sure. Yeah, you, assuming, so assuming that, you got, assuming you got healthy bone marrow, you'll get your plasma back in a day or two. Uh, it'll take you a, a, a couple of weeks to grow all the new red blood cells and white cells and stuff. But the, the, the platelets and the plasma are replenished very, very quickly. Healthy people with healthy bone marrow make make blood components really fast. Great. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. you, Kathy. See, I used to be a both a blood donor and a plasma mm. donor when I was in, in school. Um, I was in all kinds of donation uh, <laughs> things. I, and and um, I, I was on the match list for cardiac bypass surgery. Oh, wow. Yeah, of course, this was, you know, 50 years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So they had a, they, it was a much bloodier procedure 50 years ago than it is now. Right. Now they just slide these stents in. But when you're talking about the 1970s, um, they needed a lot of blood when they did coronary bypass wow. surgery in those days. So most of the medical students were on the donor list <laughs> for 
for uh, for the bypass surgery wow. yeah, programs. And then, of course, I also was on the donor list for sperm, too. But I was, was going to yeah. say, you probably, yeah. <laughs> I was. Actually, I, that one I got paid for. I was going to uh, say, all these part-time jobs you had, Dr. Yeah. Mixon. Well, I was poor. You know, I had, you I had, a, I had a family. That's the way support. you get through school. There yeah, you go, right. yes. Yeah, but I, I got picked out of a catalog. For, they had a catalog. Oh, look at that. For people with fertility issues. And the guys didn't make, you know, enough healthy sperm. Mm-hmm. And so they would just, and I get picked out of the catalog. And the lady would say, I want a baby from that one. And, yeah. And so, there you go. The blue-eyed, blonde Viking guy. Yeah. And so then, it's a, you know. Jumping out of planes. It's, it's really and, kind of interesting because I had a whole lot of those when I was in medical school. And now I go to Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. And I walk down the street and I see her especially, you know, attractive young man or woman. Oh, and I boy. say, God, I hope that's one of mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's time for another phone call, don't oh, you, Dr. Gilbert? Yes, look, uh, yes the thank you, Dr. Are ringing Mixon. Off the hook. Yes, <laughs> this is Leading Edge Medicine. You can get through by calling us in the studio at 800-465-8770. If you think you could be one of Dr. Mixon's Progeny? kids. No, uh, no, no, then, uh, no, no. No, we should. That's a whole different program. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to head to Yelm right now, and we have Lewis on the line. Hi there, Lewis. Good morning. Good morning. morning. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm fine. My problem is kind of different. 26 years ago, I had a brain tumor removed. And I wore an eye patch for three years, and I still wear an eye patch now, occasionally. My focus has become very bothersome because one eye sees higher than the other eye. So when I look at something closely, I have unusual vision. But lately, when I watch television at night, I feel pressure on my right eye. Not uh, great pressure, but but I have a a feeling about it. And I have an appointment to see an eye doctor in Yelm. What perhaps am I looking at? Uh, You didn't say, so do you wear the patch all the time? No. Okay. And I can wear it on both si- either side. Either side. So we're just fixing the double vision. Have they ever tried glasses with prism in it to correct that that double vision you have? I didn't know because I didn't want to go to the doctor. Ah. Uh, and it wasn't bothersome, well, so I was able a- to. But it, that's what I'm asking is that can it be corrected so my I, I think you have a, a list of issues from what you're saying. I can't say for certain because removing a brain tumor can influence. There are six muscles that influence the alignment of each eye. So every waking moment, there are 12 muscles that have to be in absolutely perfect coordination or we see double. And that's true for all of us every waking moment. And it's pretty amazing. Twelve muscles working in perfect coordination. So it's not rare, especially with age, that you get a little misalignment, especially with fatigue. 
But oftentimes, vast majority, with um, we can put a little correction in the glasses that brings the images together. And while you might need a different pair for reading and for distance like television, that, uh, that might be able to correct it, okay? Enough that you're not troubled by the double vision. Now, the patch works, right. but it's not as good a vision. Let's move to the pain. Because when you say that you have it during uh, watching TV, are there other times or tasks that you have that discomfort? No. Okay. I, so, uh, the, so the kid rumor, the removal of the tumor probably has nothing to do with what I'm about to say is that one side of my face is numb, and the other side, if I chew anything, I sweat. Okay, so let's uh, so let me just focus on what watching TV can do uh, to cause pain. Uh, first of all, current uh, progressive programming often gives me pain, but that's a different issue. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In fact, so, let's hold it right okay. there, Doctor Gilbert. I've got an answer for your pain, though. Yes, he does, Lewis. Stay tuned because. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yes, Lewis, you hang on the line. We will be back. We have to take a quick break, and we will be back with Doctor Gilbert and Doctor Mixon on Leading Edge Medicine. Stay right there.